Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. All sorts of crazy stuff going on in the FCL. That's right. We've got a number one contenders match. It's the Warfather coming down to take vengeance on Zaflirt and Flaus. And in our main event, Nick Harley versus Kofi Outlaw for the FCL title. All that. And we're joined this week by a very special guest. That's right. The boat is here. Brad Gilmore live on This Week in the FCL. Is it my birthday? Well, actually, it kind of was. We'll talk about all of that. We'll break down the matches and we'll make sure you know everything that's fit to print about the FCL on This Week in the FCL. Welcome, welcome to a very special episode of This Week in the FCL. I am the Elk, I am here, and what a birthday present it was, a main event uh, to top them all in FCL 12. We are three months in, and we have our first ever champion. Also, Keith is here. I mean, listen, I'm going to say one thing to start off this, and this, let this be the energy that keeps us going. Forget Chandru versus Kanopic. Forget Collins versus Merle. Forget Damon versus Dimalanta. And forget the other couple against Shazam. Because this Tuesday was the best title match on either side of the Shmuran in 2021. And Brad you know Jr. as well. Keith, you are, <laughs> you are absolutely right. It is huge. But the man is here, and he would not be here without a proper introduction. That's right. I'm going to do it right now. You know him from reality of wrestling. He is a luminary of the Schmodown. He is the commissioner of the First Class League. And ladies and gentlemen, never forget the name. It's spelled B-O-A-T, best of all time, coming back from the future right to this week in the FCL. Ladies and gentlemen, Brad Gilmore. Oh, my God. You're my dreamboat, for sure. What's going on, everybody? Man, what a great intro, Andrew. That was great. Keith, how are you? How's the family? How's the kids? How's the adopted children? They're all good, right? I mean, they're in the future, Brad. They're not they're here the, in the oh, present. Oh, okay, that's right. I have, they're I in was, the future. I shouldn't have told you that yet. Hey, guys, I'm excited <laughs> to be here, though, man. At, this week in the FCL, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to finally be on and be in this environment with you. And, and we listen, are thrilled, yes. Completely. Listen, it's... It, we really do appreciate your time, Brad, and uh, we're so, so excited, A, having you on, and B, especially this week, considering all that went down. <laughs> yeah, it was quite quite the week to remember in my tenor thus far as the FCL commissioner. Yes, it was a big week in the FCL, and we will have a lot to talk about with all of it. I want to say real quick before we get going, of course, uh, a little shout out to our super producer, CB Chris Barnes, could not be here this week. Ryan Permison, not going to be joining us for this show. But folks, if you want to see more of Ryan, don't forget this week in the FCL Spotlight Series, Elena Jordan. We've got that up on our channel right now. Check it out. Give it a like, a share. As a fan of the FCL, you're going to want to find out what she has to say. But We've got the luminary here. I want to get right into it, Keith. I want to talk about everything that happened on this week in the FCL. So news is first out of the gate. What is the big news story for you, Keith, this week? What do you want to ask Brad? I mean, I suppose it's not so much Brad from this week. I suppose it's it's 12 weeks almost in the sense that it's three months. We're going for three months. And did you ex 
ever expect that when yourself and Steph started with Jared Haybon, Abby Corinne, David Campbell and Cooper Barnes, that the hype would build and build and build and really take over the community so much. Yeah, you know, um, I, I am incredibly pleased by, you know, the reaction from everybody week to week and it has grown and it's only gotten better. But um, I will say I, I, I didn't know what to expect, to be quite frank with you. Um, coming out of the gate because you got to think movie trivia Schmodown got to gain steam over you know several seasons right I mean you know season one was you know was what it was and then by the time we got to season three four that's when we really started you know the train started going down the tracks for us we kind of planned this entire this entire league in six weeks you know what I mean like we we launched an entire league in six weeks and that's that's coming from me getting the job right and getting the directive like hey we want you know will you do this and then coming up with you know a staff you know a writing staff having questions created documents out of you know thin air literally everything being created graphics being created branding coming up with how are we going to run this thing with you know from a technical aspect scheduling and then getting people to agree to be a part of the league like all that came together in six weeks so from the moment i got the call to the moment we did the very first fcl one with that main event of, of cooper barnes and david campbell there was a there was a lot of work going into it but i didn't know how it was going to be received from the audience because there's a lot going on in the movie Trivia Schmodown, and it's such a um, an interesting time to be a fan of the MTS. So I was like, okay, we're going to be living over here on Twitch. I don't know if anyone does anyone know how to work Twitch. I don't know how to work Twitch. You know, I I still don't know anything about Twitch, and I've been on it for three months. I have no idea what it is, and um, and so I have been extraordinarily pleased by um, not only the reaction from people like you all, uh, from the rest of the fan community. From the players themselves, everyone seems to really have fun doing the show, which is, to me, the biggest thing. Uh, that people are having fun doing it, I'm having fun doing it, and people are having fun watching it. That's awesome. Well, I got to say, Brad, I think for something that was put together in six weeks, you guys have done an amazing job. And obviously, I'm going to say that, but what I mean is this. You're looking for competitors. You're bringing people in, and look at the absolute wealth of riches that you did end up with in the FCL. We've got Zaflirt and Flaus and Warfather to match this week. Obviously, Kofi Outlaw and Nick Carley earned their way there, but you also have competitors like the Adams, like Robert and Vanessa, who I know we're both thrilled to see return to the ring, and some great new faces popping up, people with a lot of personality. I think you really hit the jackpot, but you've got a big thing hanging over you, a sword of Damocles that is the Schmodown. It's the draft, and you just lost a couple good players to the yeah. Schmodown. How do you adjust as the commissioner to this sort of thing happening? How do you say, I just lost one of my best players. Who's going to step up? You obviously have that wealth of talent, but what's the move for you? Yeah, you know what? I mean, to me, talent's the only resource that we have, right? It's the only product that we sell, really, is the talent. And what the FCL is supposed to do is be that pipeline to the main MTS. And I told Christian Harloff this, and I told my entire uh, team this when we first started getting all this together my goal is to get as many people called up to the mts as possible the more that people get called up the more successful i feel like we're doing at developing and crafting not only trivia players but schmodown stars right i mean people who know the ins and outs and the aspects because here's the thing i actually really took a lot of my ideas from booker t um and what we do at reality of wrestling what we do at reality wrestling that's different than any other independent promotion is everything is set up to be like a television show 
So when you walk in to do a show, it's not like there's just a curtain hung up and it's like, oh, yeah, you're third tonight. You have 20 minutes. Do whatever the hell you want to do. It's, hey, you got to come into the production meeting. We're going to run down what's the goal for your match. What are you What is? What are you going to be? Who's your character? Okay, let's go shoot some pre-tape promos in front of the green screen. All right, go talk to the commentary team. What do you want to get over with the commentary team? What do you want to make sure that they say during your match? What's the name of your finish? What's your hometown? What other accomplishments do you have? We go through all the steps with them so that when they go to get called up to uh, WWE or they go to NXT tryout, they go to AEW, and, they've, and they go out there, they've experienced it all before. They know what working the hard camera means. And I don't mean to get too in the weeds on the wrestling side of things, but I took those ideas and I put them in the FCL. So it's like, hey, when you come in, you're getting experience from a character. You're talking to me. I'm saying, okay, hey, well, let's do this. Hey, do a promo like this. This is what our goal is. So you, you're getting to think ahead of the game so that when you go to, if you're someone like Nick Harley, uh, Ross from Nowhere, or Gerald the Wise Guy, Battaglia, when you're going to these teams, you're not going in fresh fish, you know, wet behind the ears, don't know what's going on. You're going in there with, um, with a sense of what this game is going to be. So to go back to your question, though, Andrew, to answer it, is I, I loved and hated seeing all these guys get called up because G, uh, Gerald Ross and uh, and uh, 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 Nick, all these guys were guys who were some of the most responsive and worked the hardest in their characters and promos and were great at it. And I had so many plans for Ross as far as building out a Star Wars division kind of around him in a lot of ways. Um, and then obviously Nick was in my main event picture. But all that does is those guys leave. And it opens up the door for new talent. Uh, like we're, we're going to have, I know we're going to talk about what's coming up next week. We have new talent coming in next week. It opens the doors for guys like Travis Fishburne, who I don't know how, uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to y'all's episode from last week. So I don't know what y'all thought about Travis Fishburne, but that's a guy who, if I was a betting man, I'm pushing all my poker chips on, on Travis Fishburne. I really, really like that guy a lot. So um, when one goes away, opportunity is created for others. Well, it sounds like you got a great outlook on it, but still, it's got to hurt a little bit watching your best talent walk it sucks. away. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. <laughs> Obviously, it sucks. But but you're also, you know, you're also happy for them. It's like they graduated high school and now they've been they've been given a scholarship to a prestigious Ivy League university. It's like, oh, man, I wish I still had you, you know, every day that I could work with you. But hey, man, you know, best of luck in your future endeavors. Well, having watched both Nick Harley, Gerald Batolia, heck, even Ross from nowhere on those matches, I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy, I will admit, but all sure. very impressive. And I think the Schmodown managers have made some good picks. They've got some great talent coming up to work with them. And speaking of talent, this was in the news. We're going to get to it in the match breaks, but I just want to mention it, although we may have to come back to it later. Number one contenders match, Warfather versus the Flirt and Flesh. You know, Brad, no matter who's coming out of this, you've right. got a big character. You've got somebody yes. larger than life to take that number one contendership. And in the end, the flirt and flouse wins it all. But will he be our number one contender by the end of the night is the question that I have. <laughs> you don't have to answer it right now, Brad. I'll let Keith ask you something. But we're going to get back to that one, folks. Don't you well, worry. Absolutely. The matches this week were fire. And now listen, I think before we get into the matches, Brad, I have a re interesting question I'd like to ask you in the terms of, so obviously when you guys kicked off, you know, you're, you're kind of a few weeks to get your, kind of your feet wet and kind of get settled. And then, like, what was the kind of the... Um, the, the 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 spark that kind of ignited the the four person gauntlet of Kofi Nick David Campbell and Vanessa to kind of in your mind to kind of say okay one of these four is going to be my first champion. So uh, some of it was a matter of scheduling. Some of it was a matter of I wanted to go ahead and do this championship match. I didn't want to wait any longer. I said well, you know if we're going to be three months into this thing, 
I think there needs to be a champion three months in. You know, if, if, if honestly, if it was my prerogative and I was the wrestling promoter, I'd have a champion on night one. But, you know, obviously, <laughs> this is a little different. This is a little different. So I said three months, that sounds good. We targeted this FCL 12 date, right? Uh, PLD, who I know you all have had him on the show, Paul Denuzio. I, literally, words can't describe the endless resource he is, and the FCL wouldn't wouldn't exist without him. Um, but he and I, you know, got on the phone. I said, "Okay, we need to do it by this date." But you know, it's not like you can just give everyone who's one and zero a shot at the title. Yeah. You know, how do you decide that? So we just looked at scheduling it. It was really a matter of okay, these four people. They seem like you know what? If they can if they can beat one another, they're all one and zero. They can be all you know. Whoever wins out of those two matches would be the first to kind of get to two and zero, and then we can just kind of go ahead and, and shotgun them into that position because my goal for the FCL title is to be a championship that's definitive. It's the, only, it's the only championship we have right now. So I want it to be defended every month is my goal, right? Okay. So if I want it to be defended every month, FCL season ends uh, before Spectacular. We end in, at the end of October. So with that being said, I wanted to have as many defenses as possible. So it just kind of all worked out scheduling, and I really couldn't pick four better people. Right, and I know there's, uh, you know, Gerald was was really right on the heels there. Um, Robert Montano right on the heels there of of being in those shots. It just schedule wise, it happened to work out for these four, and um, you know, Kofi, Vanessa, David, and Nick. They just seem like the right four to kind of, you know, let's see who kind of wins out of these and and go on to get the title. Awesome. No, it's really it's it's great to kind of get uh, just to look inside that uh, that creative mind of yours and kind of how it all kind of came together. Yeah, and, and I know I'm sure people, and I'm sure after this week, people might have their uh, opinions opinions <laughs> about the way booking goes down in the FCL. But I I look at it for first and foremost. I know we talk about trivia being a sport. It is a sport, and I and I 100% agree with that. But at the end of the day, how I look at it is it's a show with a sports element, okay? I need to, I need, I need to create things that entertain the masses, matchups that entertain the masses, storylines that keep people coming on a, on a week-to-week basis. That's why I became a fan of the Schmodown. I became a fan of the Schmodown because of the story and the characters. And I know a lot of people only like the trivia, and that's great. That's why we're always going to have great trivia. But I also want to create compelling matchups and stories and ideas and – um, it's not always going to be, hey, you're the number one contender, or you're the you're number two guy, or you have the highest accuracy rating, therefore you get the shot at the title. It's not always going to be that way. It will be that way sometimes. It will be that way sometimes, absolutely. I mean, you have to reward people who are playing well. But at this, in the same regard, you've got to come up with a way to get people to be like, wait, wait, what are they doing over there? <laughs> Who, wait, who's in the number one contender match? Um, and And you know what? Given the success of Tuesday, I feel like it's working. Mm. I have to agree with you, Brad. And I think you did have four wonderful talents set up for your number one contender. Maybe I'll rag on Kofi Outlaw a bit. Not so good at picking nicknames. But after this week's matchups, you got to say he knows his stuff when it comes to movie <laughs> trivia. He's the guy who's going to be getting those title matches. If it is all about answering questions, clearly he knows how to play the game. I think you got some great talent. And it sounds, Keith, to me, and this is just for you, Keith, because we we don't always get along so much, but we we've been on this show, and afterwards we chit-chat with the competitors sometimes. It sounds like Brad's saying a lot of the same things that I said in those post-discussions about the character, about how these people need to step up and show off and show out. And you know what, Brad? 
That's what they're doing. You've got a bunch of great competitors and they are working hard. We've loved the promos from people like Knight and Furtado, from people like David Campbell and Nick Harley. Everybody is putting themselves out there and really working to make the FCL as big and as bad as it can be. Has that been a good thing to you? Has that been kind of heartening? You, you open up your Twitter, you see a brand new promo, which I'm guessing you've already seen before, but you see it's getting out there. The world is getting to see these people putting it, putting themselves out. I think that it's been amazing how much these competitors have engaged. Has that been something you've noticed? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Literally everybody who we've had on from the first event all the way through now, for the most part, every single one of them have been so head over heels in wanting to be a part of something, right, and wanting to contribute. A lot of times, and, and this is the thing, and, and I hope every competitor knows this. I'm sure that they do. You know, I'm always available if you have an idea or anything. Like, I, I love hearing it. I mean, a lot of stuff that Nick Harley, look, Nick Harley was so talented. When he would come up with an idea, i say, dude, go for it. Just keep going. You know what I mean? My, my philosophy is I can always bring you back, right? I can always say, hey, you need to turn that down a little bit. But just go and do it. Throw stuff out there. You know, he would do stuff like on Twitter where he's out to dinner with his friends and they're all laughing about something. And it's just like a, a quick little clip he's using to promote himself and his character. I love that stuff. That's the stuff that makes me go, oh, man, okay, I, I got to do something with this guy. This guy gets it, right? This guy gets it. And, you know, he's got the goods from the trivia uh, aspect. But, uh, yeah, I've loved everybody so far. Uh, Vanessa coming up with these different ideas of the candy that she's going to have. Uh, stuff like that pops me. It makes me laugh, and I, I enjoy that. It's like, okay, Vanessa gets it. Let's give Vanessa something here. So, um, really, it's it's about being an entertainer. It's about and, – and you know what? Cinefanatics, these guys – They've been going out there, filming their own stuff, editing it, and sending it over, right? And all of it's been quality. All of it's been fun. All of it's been good. Robert Montano, another really entertaining guy. Uh, Max Haddad, my man needs to you know get a wind guard for his promos. But other than that, you know what I mean? Like I, I enjoy the characters that, that everyone's been coming with. So I've really, really – look, I've enjoyed what they've done because they're giving me stuff. And then they'll say something, and I'll, then I'll get an idea from them. Right. So it's not me being like, y'all need to go do this. They send me something. I'm like, oh, this is great. Let's run with this. You know. And I think, Brad, to kind of jump off that, I think for, this is my own personal opinion, but I think from a audience point of view, what's been great as well about all the promos and stuff like that is that we see in the Schmodan, like, you know, we've got the Schmomanati thing and the, the, the Winter Soldier slash Fall Guy kind of storyline coming along. And that's going to be like a long play. Whereas things like the Furtado Night stuff, it's very kind of like it's one week, there's a follow up. Then there's another follow-up and then there's the resolution then the following so the storylines are kind of like they're quite tight and they keep us kind of like very much engaged in the moment is what i find yeah i mean i'm i'm a fan uh of long-term booking but i'm also a fan of look if i'm watching an episode of a television show and they leave me on a cliffhanger on episode one and they don't fully address it you know, until episode seven, like I'm going to be a little bit upset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like leave me on that cliffhanger one, give me a little bit more in two. And by the time I get to episode three, let's, let's wrap this song gun up and let's get to the next part of the story. Right. Uh, not everything needs to be a, a Marvel series. Right. And I think that there's a place for that. There's definitely a place for that. Um, but um, <clears throat> to me, if they did, if you, to use that as an example, if they did WandaVision and like the first two episodes were really like, the first five episodes were all like that. I think everyone would print pretty pissed off, right? <laughs> like yeah. we're like two's enough. Let's get to what's this story about, <laughs> right? And so that's been another thing of I, I like things to move quickly. I want to get to hey, here, we're teasing it here. 
like you said, here's another little week of story buildup. Let's get to it now. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic, Brad. You're giving me flashbacks to when I was a little kid watching Saturday morning wrestling and it would end with The Undertaker locking somebody in a casket. What's going to happen to it next week? Oh, my gosh. That kind of attitude. It says to me that you want some entertainment. And I think that's a great way to do things with your competitors because you do have that that potential hiccup, that worry of someone maybe getting picked up. Maybe there's not a spot open in the showdown right now, but let's say next week corruption loses somebody because they got a job and they have to pick somebody up. It's, it's you they're going to be looking at. It's your people they're going to be taking away. So I think getting those storylines in quickly, getting the resolution quickly and having them be more one and done really does benefit the product. So kudos on that. I agree with that 100%. I mean, but top to bottom, Keith and I, we we don't always see eye to eye, but we do agree you guys have been killing it. You and Steve on the desk are great. Tell Steve, <laughs> I think he's doing a fantastic job. Absolutely wonderful. And some amazing matchups this week, especially. I, I mean, I think FCL 12, in my opinion, blew it out of the park, just top to bottom. This is maybe your best card yet. And that's nothing against any of the previous competitors, but what a couple of matches we had this week. It, it's it's definitely my favorite that we've done. I think it was the best that we've done, and it should have been the best. I mean, given what the card was, there was a lot to uh, live up to on it, and I think that the competitors did that from an entertainment perspective um, and from a match play perspective. I think that um, you, you mentioned Steve, and I have to take a, a second to really highlight Steph Sabra and what she's brought to there because y'all know, y'all do a show together. You have to have a vibe with one another. You have to have a chemistry. You have to have, well, maybe y'all don't. We have to try, Andrew. We we have to try. To, <laughs> all right, all right, I'll try. You at least have to You at least have to fake it. No, but with Steph, so I never had a conversation with Steph before, ever. And I had this, I, when I was going through, like, trying to figure out, okay, what's this show going to look like? Steph had been doing some post-match interviews. And so Christian was like, hey, you should reach out to Steph about doing some interview stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that'd be good. And I reached out to her, and then I was like, you know, she'd probably be, let's try her on the table. We've already seen her doing the the interview thing. What if she is, like, the interviewer and she's on the desk? Like, what a color commentator does, right? Because that's, that's what I do for Reality Wrestling. I'm on the desk, and then I'll go and I'll interview the boys in the ring or at the side apron or whatever. So let's, why, don't Steph, why doesn't Steph do that? And I tell you what, man, you can throw whatever you want at her from a, a reference or whatever, and she was picking it up as you know, we were doing it for the very first time. Like our very first, we did one run-through for a tech rehearsal. And when we, when we did that and we had that um, conversation and that banter and that back and forth, the very first time we ever spoke, remember, it's all been email and text. It was the very first time we ever spoke. I said, Oh, man, this is the girl. This is exactly who I need on the desk because I don't want it. I always want that sense of, of levity and, and fun and sometimes nonsense. And what did what did I just say? What did she just say? What did I just mispronounce? What did she just mispronounce? You know, I love the, the, the energy and the vibe that, that she's been able to bring to the show. And she's a massive asset to the FCL. So I'm so glad that you made reference to her because she is a part of just as much as PLD or anybody else, Dwayne, and we can go through the whole crew. I, I, I have a laundry list of shout-outs I have to do. But um, she's just as big of a part to me of making the, the, the broadcast as fun as it is. So shout-out to Steph, and shout-out to all the work that she did and everybody did on FCL 12. 
Definitely. I, I think, listen, it, to echo Andrew, FCL 12 was unbelievably knocked it out of the park. It was so entertaining. It was so tense. Like, I, I've never screamed and shouted during a, a Shmoda match in, in all my life. And I suppose just from like a personal point of view, I have to say thank you to you, Brad, because the FCL has really ignited my fire and passion back into Shmoda and in general. Um, so I just want to personally thank you for uh, for getting this going. Oh, man. No, you got to thank you got to thank literally everybody who's making it possible and, and, and the players because we we want to have fun it's the fun class league really right i mean we want to have fun <laughs> more than anything and um and i think that without the teams and the factions and the points and you're not thinking about all these things in your head like okay you know he's the number seven contender in the ig and then okay you're not thinking about all those things you're just thinking about okay these two guys these two guys or these two girls or this girl and this guy they're going to play each other today let's see who let's see what happens and what and, and you never know really what the hell is going to come out of my brain. So <laughs> so you know you don't know what you're going to see week to week. I don't know what I'm going to see week to week. Sometimes so it's always a, a fun surprise. Well, you know it's it's a lot of fun watching everybody, and like you said, it is about having fun. We have some fun here at this week in the FCL too, and we do love everybody on your team. I know I don't have the same experience as you, Brad, but I spent some time working on a fan league called a couple of matches, wrote a few questions, and I know how much work goes into it. So kudos to Steve, to Dwayne, to PLD, to the entire team at the FCL, yeah. because without them, we wouldn't be here every week breaking it down for you, talking to you. And you also said, Brad, that you have to get along with the people that you work with. While I'm going to disagree on some level, I will say at least one nice thing about my man, Keith Kilduff. He may be, along with Someone you're very familiar with, Brad, Frank Janish, one of the best stats mans in the business. There you go. Stats mans, is that a word? Stat man. Stat, statistician. That person. Statistician. He's Stat good persons. at it. Yeah, so I'm sure he's got correct. a lot of fantastic facts, figures, and numbers about the week's matches in the FCL. Keith, are we going to get into it? Are we going to break these down? I think the, let's not waste another second. Let's get into the match breakdowns for FCL 12. FCL 12 has been and gone as the culmination of everything that Mr. Gilmore has built alongside the SS Sabra, PLD, Dwayne Burke, etc. have built so far. We started. The SS Sabra. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can take that one if you want. I like right? it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so we move into our number one contender. Uh, after weeks of negotiation, finally, the Flouse entered the first class league against the Warfather. It was a bit of a back and forth in the negotiations, but uh, you were more than happy to uh, take on his uh, final de uh, demand, so to speak, of facing the Warfather, Brad. I was. You know what I'm saying? Look, here, I want to say this. He's got a hell of an agent. The agent that he works with is next level phenomenal, as you would tend to expect with somebody of his magnitude. Um, I can reveal this. You know, his initial demand was he wanted a championship match out of the gate, right? And I, and I wasn't going to allow that to happen. I wasn't going to allow that to happen. But we had to meet in the middle. We had to compromise. I said, number one contender match. Okay, I can, I can, I can at least go with that. I can go with that. And um, you know, he got to name his opponent. And I will say, although Warfather, you might think, oh, you know, he's he's a big personality. If you go back and watch Warfather's matches especially his first one which i think he won in the mts um he's a pretty knowledgeable guy maybe not the best inner geekdom player but a really knowledgeable all-around guy so i thought it was kind of a of an interesting challenge for the flouse 
Definitely. His uh, Warfather's victory is against Claudia Dolph, I believe, mm-hmm. from Corruption at the time. Um, but listen, two unbelievable personalities, two great promos, two great entrances, and what a banging tune that the, the Warfather has. Uh, I don't know who put that together, but hell of a, hell of a song, Brad. Can I play it? It's of so course. good. <laughs> Huzzah. I mean, it's got such a vibe. And... And he really lives up to it. This part right here. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. Unbelievable. It's almost um, if if the main event was similar to UFC 263, uh, Adesanya versus Vittori, it almost feels like Warfather and Flouse was Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. It it really was. That's a good, that's a really good comparison. And you know, that's something I enjoy. So I actually pick all the music for everyone. Right, that's actually part of my role. I go through, I have this sound bank of things and I'm listening to songs for like 30, 40 minutes, literally for everybody, uh, trying to find the right things. And when I found that for Warfather, I use my editing skills to go in there, add his laugh, add his huzzah, and then go into the thing. And uh, when I played it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. This is so great. I gotta use this, I can't wait. And listen, it was a a great first round for Warfather. Ends up 9-7 in the lead. Perfect round, the 11th of the season, I believe. Some great questions in here. Kicking off Action Adventure, Nick Cage, Cameron Poe, Con Air. Um, Unfortunately, the Flouse misses a director question, which is Elf and Shelf, which is John Favreau. Uses a repeat on this. They all, then they go six for six for the rest of it. There's a nice question in here, Andrew. I want to kind of get to your eyes and views on the movie release dates. It's just reworded a little bit differently from the last couple of weeks, where they asked what year did the first entries in Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter and the Oceans franchise, as opposed to like naming the actual movie that they're looking for. I just thought it was a nice little um, tidbit change. But uh, other than that, 9-7, what were your thoughts on that round one? I mean, to start off with, we've got two big time characters in this matchup and two men who I don't think it's an overstatement to say changed my life. The Flouse, obviously, when he bought commercial time on Eurovision because he wouldn't compete. Never, not in a million years, and put out his own original music. I mean, just to hear it once, it's it, it's life-changing. You feel the fire burn in your heart a little bit brighter after the flouse sings. I, I've got to gotta be cheering for this guy. And the Warfather, you're right about that music, Brad. It is fire. It's straight fire. I feel like I'm watching a movie and Mads Mikkelsen and Brendan Gleeson are going to come out of the mist with axes and come after me. That's what that music does for me. There's a mood, there's some personality, and two competitors who could have come in here and could have just talked and talked and talked, and we would have been endlessly entertained. But nine to seven, and the Flouse just on the tip with that last question. What a great round to start this off. Not what I expected to see, but I am thrilled to see it. Yeah, man, it was it was it was a real battle. You know, you didn't know what to expect. But here's the thing: if you go back and you watch Flirt and Flouse's match against Kevin Smith, he actually really held his own in that match for the most part, right? Especially in those early rounds. I was surprised by some of the pulls that the Flouse had in that match. So I was expecting a similar level here. Really, to me, the big question mark was Warfather. And for Warfather to come out of the gate perfect, I was like, okay, we're gonna be in for more than just an entertaining match between two personalities. We're gonna be in for a barn burner. Definitely. And that's kind of picks into round two or wheel comes up. I've mentioned in the past, I really like the little change where you've got the, the green and the white for the opponents and the spinner's choice, just to help kind of for the audience point of view to really just kind of help it pop on screen. It's an interesting wheel makeup, I have to say. I 
thought that the flouse would put something animated on and he didn't it, it appears so we're getting wrestlers in film mel brooks bill murray 90s famous actors actresses franchises comes back after a couple of a weeks off christopher nolan scorsese eddie murphy will smith flouse's first spin bill murray quite happy to take it i suppose from his alter ego point of view com- comic kind of guy that makes sense and goes seven of eight get hits his first three the first collaboration with bill murray and wes anderson being rushmore and um, the garfield question and then the 2009 zombie comedy zombie land six for six happy out then the last question in his round the 93 crime dramedy as a uh, bill murray as mob boss frank Miller with De Niro, Omu Thurman, whatnot goes to multiple choice mad dog and glory happy days gets his seven points warfather comes up spinner's choice boom straight out of the bat and without beating the word and i'd say brad you were quite happy with the reaction that he got when he just roared out wrestlers in film yeah <laughs> you know it's a category that i've been waiting to see um uh just in general in the fcl and mts uh given my background it was something that i was really excited about and when pld and the writing team came up with it uh, the first thing i told pld i said hey ask me all the questions right now i want to see how good i am you know so uh um and so warfather did obviously great in wrestlers and film it was uh you would have to assume because i don't know this beforehand or afterward really i guess i could ask but i don't know but you'd have to assume that was what he put on the wheel right i mean if you're going to put a uh, something you know on the wheel and you get opponents I and mean, spinner's choice you're going to probably pick that thing so uh wrestlers and film i'm assuming it was his choice and it was a great choice for him because he killed the round definitely so he, he goes seven of eight also fires off the first three the 2009 young man with down syndrome shia labeouf peanut butter falcon hulk hogan as thunder lips and what rocky movie rocky three george the animal steel and what 94 tim burton movie with um johnny depp uh, Ed Wood, and then the fourth question again, just kind of that little kind of trickery. Dave Bautista's first appearance at Russell Crowe and Lucy Liu in what 2012 martial arts movie goes to multiple choice. The Man with the Iron Fist, 16-14, still that two point gap. Andrew, what were your thoughts on on round two as a whole? Good hold by both competitors, and much like Brad, I was thrilled when I saw what came from that spinner's choice. Wrestlers in film, I've been waiting for this moment. Give me a Roddy Piper in They Live. Give me a Diamond Dallas Page in Ready to Rumble. I want all these questions every single day. That's right, the Diamond Cutter. Uh, always done best by Diamond Dallas Page, but second best by Canyon, if I remember correctly. We've got some, some really great stuff coming out of this round, and I think both competitors are performing well, but... I mean, there's really not uh, not a lot to say other than good for them for staying, keeping it together, and making sure that they got their answers right while still being so darn entertaining. I love this round two, but it doesn't change the outcome of the match. It doesn't change where they're standing going into round number three. Still about the same gap. Brad, you're still happy enough as a, a from a promoter point of view with everything that the two guys are pushing out, considering the uh, the little cherry on top of being the number one contender match. Yeah, I mean, I loved I loved what I was seeing overall. I was glad that. Because here's the thing. He, I mean, this was a legitimate concern. And I, I mean, I didn't think that it would happen. I really didn't. But I was like, okay, number one contender, I mean, it, it might be somewhat of an issue if they go out here and, like, they get nothing right, right? I mean, because, again, this isn't to diminish their play at all, and I'm and I'm not doing that. But I just want to say, when you book Warfather versus the Flirt and Flowers, you're booking personality versus personality, Right, I mean, that's the reason people want to see the match, the entertaining personalities. The trivia is almost secondary. But then these guys said, oh, no, 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 no. 
we can do both. <laughs> we can be wildly entertaining and also answer all the trivia questions. For the most part, you give us Sansa John Favreau. So as a uh, as the the host of the show, as the promoter, if you will, I was absolutely loving everything that I saw up to this point. And I said, holy hell, what is round three going to bring us? Well, listen, let's get into round three. It goes to the flouse on the two. Charlize Theron, what installment in the Alien franchise does she appear in? And I think this is a beautifully worded question because it's installment, which makes you should make you think of the wider Alien franchise. The last second, the flouse goes with Prometheus, gets it, goes back to Warfather on Great the pull. two. Great Huge pull. pull. Huge pull. Um, goes back to Warfather on the two, Tom Hanks, what, 23 uh, Paul Greengrass movies about a 2009 real life with a container ship, Captain Phillips again, last second on the clock, back to the flouse on the three, 2000s, what comedy uh, directed by <laughs> Todd Phillips, stars Bradley Cooper and so forth, The Hangover, he's up by one, it's all on the Warfather, Warfather 3, animated, voices of Ben Stiller, Chris Rock, David Schwimmer and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, what movie, he says pre-Zootopia. Uh, unfortunately, the answer is Madagascar. And then it's all on the five, the Oscars. Again, I love this question. What is the most recent film that Daniel Day-Lewis has won an Oscar? He says there will be blood. It is, the answer is Lincoln. And as you beautifully roared out, Brad, and your winner, The Flirt and Flouse. 1918. What were you wow. thinking as you were, as you were <laughs> shouting it out? I was, I was surprised because just here's the thing. Given the way the match was going, it was really Warfather's match to lose. It really yeah. was. I mean, Flaus could do what he could in that final round that he did with his two and his three, but Warfather had that, you know, two, was it a two-point advantage the entire way through? So I thought that he has some cushion here, and he's been answering everything. He was perfect up until that point. Up until his Madagascar question, he was perfect. So I, I was like, okay, it looks like this is going to be a Warfather victory. And which I was completely fine with. I, I don't care who wins or loses. I you know we go one way or the other, right? Um, as Christian Harloff's talked before, you have an idea of what your story will be for both winners. Like you have to come up with two different you know path A and path B. So I wasn't thinking about it um, too much from that aspect, but I was excited to see it come down to a five pointer. Always, that's what you want it to come down to. And Warfather. Oscars is always going to be a difficult thing because, in my opinion, it's the only category that has to deal with movies that really doesn't have to do with movies, right? I mean, because I always go back to this Back to the Future exhibition match that I had with Kevin uh, Smets, and the only question I got wrong was an Oscars question because the Oscars, to me, have nothing to do with the film. It's an ancillary prize that was awarded to the film, right? But it has nothing to do with the movie itself, in my opinion. That's how I look at it. So Oscars is always a challenging category. And um, for Warfather, if he would have pulled it, that would have been a phenomenal pull. Because when you think, start thinking about Daniel Day-Lewis, what did he win for? I would have just said, what was the last movie he was in? It was something about a shoe. Or no, he is a shoe cobbler. Some Phantom Thread or something, right? That's the last movie he was in? Something like that? Mm -hmm. So that's what I would have thought he would have won it for. So Warfather goes a little bit earlier with There Will Be Blood. Answer was Lincoln. The Flirt and Flouse wins. And I, I think Flouse was maybe a little bit surprised um, that he didn't have to answer his five. But nevertheless, put in a hell of a performance. And I think that I was happy with it. Steph Sabra was probably the most happy with it. And then uh, The Flirt and Flouse is your number one contender. Didn't see it coming, but was happy with the result either way. 
Andrew, what were your uh, overall thoughts of round three and uh, the Flouse getting the, the cherry on top of the, the number one contender for now? Well, 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 round number three is the flirting flouse, your number one contender. You know what I'm going to say here, Keith. You know everything I'm going to say, probably number one, barbarian, playing a great game. Come up to your question. What did you miss? Say it with me, fans of the show. J-T-E. Use those repeats. I know sometimes you just don't know the question, but an extra 30 seconds does not hurt anybody. You got to use it. I'll say it once, and that will be the end of it, because you're right. Warfather did compete, but he was up against the man, the myth, the legend. He was up against the guy we all put on our playlist every Friday night when the party gets started, Zaflirt and Flouse. And Zaflirt and Flouse is your number one contender. How did he do it? By staying calm, by staying cool, by fighting off all the shilly stinkers out there. And now he's going up against, ooh, should I give it away? We're going to talk about it in the next match. If he's the number one contender and the champ is, ooh, Keith, I'm excited. Let's let's get to that one. I mean, I just need to take a, take a deep breath because I – have six rounds to go through for this unbelievable yeah. championship match brad i suppose going into this kind of title fight between kofi outlaw i kind of in my head had this very much sort of pure knowledge of kofi versus strategy and slyness of nick harley what was your kind of how did you kind of see this going in your head you know it uh, it was a really interesting matchup styles makes fights and i thought that they really matched up well overall um nick harley had proven in which I feel like he was probably the underdog in his match against um, uh, David Campbell because David Campbell mm-hmm. had a whole lot of steam on him, man. I mean, David Campbell was looking like the guy, right? I'll and, back you up on that, Brad. I was the only one on this show who was calling for Harley to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we yeah. know, Andrew. We know. We know. No, no, no. And it was a good call <laughs> because you know I thought that he. I mean, obviously he was a good player. I didn't. I I thought David had him there, and then it, that match went the way it went. And then with Kofi Outlaw. Um, Best reaction in FCL history to winning a match, still to this day. Um, pulling the Gene Hackman, I knew that he knew his stuff. I didn't know how well he knew the game. But if you watch Kofi from his first match to his second match to this one, his understanding of what he was doing has come so far, so far ahead. I mean, so far and so quickly, he understands the game that he is playing. So I thought that they were really well matched up. I, I would have given, if I was doing favorability ratings just based off statistics, I would have given Nick Harley the edge, but I had no earthly idea who was going to win. So listen, let's get into round one. Uh, kicking us off, action adventure. Name two of the four actors who've played Jack Ryan, Harrison Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, Chris Pine. I want to ask, Brad, uh, Kofi puts obviously the three guys down. You've only asked for two. In the event that one of the three was wrong, what would you have ruled? Or is that know. something you didn't want to even get in? I, I didn't even want to think of that. Um, yeah, I don't know what would have happened. I'm, I'm sure if I would have awarded him the points, Nick would have challenged, mm-hmm. as we saw that he was quick to do uh, this he time was. around. And if uh, I had not awarded him the points, I'm sure Kofi would have challenged. And then it would have been a hell of a conundrum to go through. Um, thankfully, we didn't have to visit that on question to. one. <laughs> Listen, competitors, do Brad and do Steve a favor. When you're writing down, don't give them more than they're asking for. Yeah, you want to show off. You want to be the top of the class. But – Put your hand down. The teacher's not looking in your direction. Just write down the correct answer. Say the correct answer. And don't add to it. Because the only thing you're doing is giving yourself an opportunity to get screwed up. You're giving Mm -hmm. your opponent a chance to challenge. You're giving yourself a chance to make another mistake. 100%. Take 
take the answer you know. Take the safe answer. Don't be a showboat out there because one day that's going to cost somebody in the FCL. And when they do, when that happens, I'm going to be on this show. I'm going to look right at this camera and I'm going to say those magic words. Who was that? No, I told you so. <laughs> so I think, listen, that's, that's really interesting. Thankfully, it didn't come to that for, for your sake, if anything else, Brad. Um, so they go seven of seven. So directors, Ron Howard's Oscar win, A Beautiful Mind, comedies, Daddy's Home, movie release dates. Again, another nice little change on how it's worded. In 99, Hanks starred in Toy Story and what Stephen King, Frank Darabont movie, The Green Mile. Again, just a nice little way of rechanging and retooling the category, keeping people on, on, on their toes. New and then, release. And let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Didn't you find... This was the championship match. I found a, a, a level up in the degree of difficulty for round one questions. Agreed, mm -hmm. completely. And it's great to see it because you want to be testing these guys because the guys like Roxy and, and Shannon and all them, they want to be seeing these guys under pressure whether they can do it or not. So you need to definitely, that little extra 10, 15% juice. Really and while it uh, also needs to be said from the perspective of someone who's written a few questions before, yes, there is absolutely always going to be some subjectivity to the questions. Every question is easy for someone and difficult for somebody else. But on a very basic level, Brad, what you asked, if I were looking at these questions in a vacuum and saying to myself, were they a little bit more difficult? Were these championship level questions? And Keith, you will back me up on this because you're not a liar. Among all the things that I don't like about you, that I know is true. I said exactly the same thing before we got on here. I thought these were championship level questions for the FCL and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I told you all also before, I really don't listen to anybody, but I, I have, it has seeped into me that people have sometimes have a difficult or uh, uh, an opinion on the level of difficulty on the questions, um, which I don't care about. But I will say I, I, I saw uh, the, when I saw these, I said, oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, we're stepping it up mm -hmm. a little bit. There's a title match, as we should. Yes, definitely. So we see out the round new releases, this Catherine Newton, Vince Vaughn, Swap Bodies movie, Freaky, Javier Bardem, No Country for Old Men, famous actor, actor actors, uh, Chris Farley, uh, David Spade, and what, 96 comedy, Black Sheep. And then a really interesting animated question of the voice lead of Cale Tucker in 2000's Titan, a apologies matt damon i looked this movie up this was a movie that was made for 80 million and only brought in 40 million at the box office so it's a really really obscure animated movie to throw in so again to that point of like raising up that tempo level for championship match it's definitely what was required nick misses this kofi gets it gives himself the opportunity for the bonus Straight away, Nick, boom, challenges because they, they, unfortunately the answer is on screen. Um, for the flash dance question that popped up, comes back, what 2019 Scorsese movie with uh, Pesci, etc. The Irishman, 9-7 to Kofi. Andrew, what were your thoughts on round one? Well, my thoughts on round number one were both players are playing impressively. I'd like to say some bad things about Kofi Outlaw other than the fact that he clearly can't come up with a nickname on his own. But in this round, That's he gives me That's his government nothing. name. Are you? That's amazing to me, yeah, and I am absolutely thrilled to hear. Wow. I guess he can sue John Roca then for copyright infringement. Is that it? <laughs> Kofi Allah does an amazing job. He really does, going perfect through the whole round. He gets some He gets some great questions. And as we said, the difficulty, this is a championship-level match, to keep your cool and to make it all the way through. Obviously great stuff. Great challenge from Nick Harley. You know I'm a fan of the challenge. The use of the challenge is an important part of your strategic arsenal, and there are times when it is unwarranted. There are times when you might be stretching a little bit. And here's my, my advice to you, competitors out there, who cares? 
Do it Take anyway. your shot. Put yeah. your challenge out there. When it's a good challenge like this one was, the right call was made. A new question was brought in. Nick Harley was correct to challenge. The call was correct. Everything about this round is great, except, of course, for the one thing that you know I hate, Keith, that you know I was sitting there crying about at the end of this round, and that's that my boy Nick did not go perfect. He ends up in the hole, and in a championship-level match, you don't want to be down at all. That's what gets you in your head. That's what gets you thinking about it. That's what could be a problem moving forward. And there's a lot of match left to go. And, and you know what? Um, shout out to Kofi Outlaw for being cool. With it. I didn't see the answer being put on the screen because I don't actually see that aspect of it, right? So um, uh, I'm not looking at that. I'm reading a que the question from a different document, so I'm not looking at the screen. So um, I would have never known that. So I, shout out to Nick for being aware of that, seeing that, calling it out because it was the right thing to do. And, and obviously Kofi didn't care at all because it was the right thing to do. Keep everything above board, I think is what he said. So, um, yeah, good challenge out of the gate. So listen, let's move into round two. Again, wheel comes up. This is a really, really interesting wheel. There's two IG slices. There's Marvel movies and time travel. Then there's three directors in Nora Ephron, Kubrick, and P Paul Thomas Anderson. There's two actors, actresses, which is kind of standard enough with Julia Roberts. Ed Harris makes an opinion. PLD was clearly, obviously, uh, wanting his little slice of the pie, quite literally, in this uh, championship yeah. match. And then we finish off the wheel with 2010s, musicians in film, movie release dates. Um, Kofi defers to Nick. First spin, opponent's choice for the third match in a row. How could you not be fuming if you're Nick Harley in that moment? I do not know. But um, Kofi gives him Nora Ephron and, listen, takes it on the chin, goes six for six in his first three, The Bewitched, uh, John Travolta in the film Michael, and This Is My Life, the 92 dramedy. Then the fourth question, Nora Ephron is nominated for three Academy Awards, always the final one. He says, you've got mail. He, Kofi tries to steal, but something's got to give, the answer being sleepless in Seattle. Andrew, in that moment, if you're Nick, like, we really broke down last week when we had him on like what he's done in round two and how he's managed to maneuver the opponent's choices do you think that that was a brave call having a go at it thinking hopefully that Kofi doesn't know Nora Ephron I think that this was a good move on Nick's part. I think he's maintaining his composure in a way that many competitors would not. I've been in a match or two myself, and i got to say, when you fall behind, it hurts you. You feel it right in your gut. I'm behind. I need to fight to make up. And maybe that made him take a shot. But what I think was probably going on in Nick Harley's head, and not to give anything away, Nick, you know we love you. Congratulations on your draft, and good luck with the stars. But I think what he was really doing here was he was playing strategy because that's what Nick Harley does best. And here's the strategy. My opponent gave me Nora Ephron. I don't think he knows it because he wouldn't have given it to me if he thought it was an easy category. He wouldn't have given it to me if he thought it was the kind of thing that you could pull out of the top off the top of your head. So he gave me a category that he probably doesn't like. I don't know the answer here. If I cut to multiple choice and I somehow get it wrong, I get the wrong answer, I'm giving my opponent a chance to steal. But if I go for it right now and I'm right and he doesn't know what he's doing in this category, then he has to take a shot in the dark. And he is probably getting zero points. I think what he did was he minimized his chance to gain points. But in doing so, he also minimized the chance for his opponent to gain points. And when you don't know the answer, that's the kind of thinking that makes a champion. Yeah, I think it was a good strategy move, obviously, from Nick Harley. Um, I, I cannot explain how he's been so unlucky with the wheel. Hopefully that doesn't carry on with him in the MTS. Um, that would not be a good thing. But you know what? But you know what? Also, though, also... This is why the FCL is so beneficial. It's why the FCL is so beneficial is now if Nick Harley, got, whenever he plays a single match or a team's match, if this were to happen to him, he's like, hey, been here before, still won every time. 
<laughs> like, yeah. I should be all right. You know what I mean? So, uh, again, this is a benefit of the FTL. And also, think about the extreme benefit. And I mean, yeah, I mean, we can talk about this now. Being able to play in a five-round matches before mm-hmm. you ever get to the MTS. Huge. How, mm-hmm. What a benefit that is to know what all this feels like alive with something on the line. Right, I mean, what a great opportunity for both guys, but Nick Harley especially because he's moving up so soon. So just want to make note of that. Definitely. So Kofi spins, gets lands on 2010s, takes it for the second time in three matches. Clearly a strength. Anybody looking out, keep that in mind. Keep that in the back pocket when you're looking at wheels against Kofi moving forward. Goes seven of eight in this round. Angeline Jolie voiced what character in what sequel. Uh, Kung Fu Panda 2. Mahersha Ali was nominated for Best Sporting Actor for Moonlight Green Book. Birdman was a question for Michael Keaton and Emma Stone. And then goes down to multiple choice on the co-commentator in the Pitch Perfect movies, Elizabeth Banks. That's potentially moving forward again. Miss Kofi hasn't been picked up. Like Potentially, is, is there... Uh, a weakness perhaps on like uh, musical films or something like that again just something for for future competitors who are going to take on Kofi just to keep in the back of the mind but extends the lead ha- had a two-point lead now it's 16-13 Brad did you think that was going to be a massive factor or did you kind of think there's still a lot of game left to play I, I thought it was going to be a factor but I said okay this game is with the way that they were both playing in my head as I, we were going, I said, this game's going to be decided in the fifth round. I mean, in the speed round. I'm sorry, in the speed round. The game's going to be decided in the fourth round, I should say. Because um, I knew that they were going to hit their questions in, in round five. I just knew it. I just knew with the way that they were playing. So I said, okay, they're probably both going to bet three, you know, in, in the in betting round. Um, and if they both hit that, which I, I was just making these assumptions in my head. I said, it's going to come down to speed round. It's going to come down to speed round. That's what's going to happen. And um, as we saw when we get there, speed round had a lot to do with how this match uh, turned out. Massively. So listen, let's move into round three. Kofi spins the wheel again. Marvel movies comes up. They both bet three. The voice of Spider-Man Noir, Nick Cage, 1916. Andrew, Harley has been landed with opponent's choice. Then Kofi's got his strength, supposedly, that we're potentially saying. Then he's also got Marvel movies in round three, working for comicbook.com. If you're Nick Harley, (laughs) (laughs) surely to God, Nick Harley is fuming on the inside. I am not a conspiracy theorist, nor am I, in fact, any kind of licensed therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist. Throw out all those P-doctor words. I am none of those. But I will say, if I was Nick Harley in this moment, I'm pretty sure I would be drawing all the guns in my head, preparing for war. What the heck is going on here? Everything is stacking up against me. Everything is coming my way. But as always, since the first moment we saw him emerge in this league, and this is why he's a first-round draft pick. This is why the Stars picked him up. He plays it cool. He stays solid. He takes his bet. Although I will say the wheel probably played a part in this because if you're competing in movie trivia and you've been alive for the past 10 years, Marvel categories are probably something you should know something about. Sure. Easy to bet high and both players do not make the mistake of leaving a point table because that's a big strategic move that people can make. They can leave points behind hoping that there's a double miss and they gain some ground. I'm glad neither player did that here because we ended up with a lot more of an exciting match to go just because of it. And you're right, Brad. It really is going to come down to the speed round. That is where the difference is going to be made. And I know, Keith, you've got a lot to say about that. Well, well but also think about think about you know, the betting strategy for both men. Okay, Nick's down three. Obviously, I'm going to bet three. Kofi, I'm up 
you know, up three. Bet zero. If yeah, I could bet zero, but he's. But here's what I'm thinking: if I get it right, well, boom, I'm like, I'm going to be really ahead now. And if I get it wrong, worst case scenario, if he gets it right, we're tied, right? Or if we both get it wrong, we're going to be in the same place we were before. So I mean, same lead before. So Mm -hmm. it really worked out for him in any which way. So I think that their their idea of betting those threes, other than it being Marvel movies, also made sense from a strategy standpoint. Uh, Yeah. Then we get to round four. Oh, oh, what a round. <laughs> Speed round. Kofi defers, wants Nick to go first. Nick goes a perfect 10 for 10. Mm. Kofi's round comes in. He's a little bit slower on a few of the questions, answering them. Uh, gets eight questions asked, answers seven. We come back 26, 26. Some of the really, really good questions in here. Who directed Titanic? Setting them up. Really like the 2012 Snow White. Who played Eric the Huntsman? Christoph Waltzen and Glorious Bastards. Daniel Caffey and A Few Good Men. Tom Cruise. I really like the movie release dates question. The second entries in the Shrek, Spider-Man and Oceans franchise. Again, coming back, just retooling that kind of category in the moment. Tom Hooper won an Academy Award for uh, The King's Speech. Michael B. Jordan is um, Adonis Creed. Luke Besson. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Luke Besson wrote, directed Fifth Element, the comedy where uh, I have nipples, Greg, can you milk me, meet the parents? <laughs> And then Harley, right on the buzzer, gets Christian Bale in the the John Connor in Terminator Salvation, which is the question that gets him level 26, 26. And again, as you said, Brad, this is where it really kind of just twisted back in favor of Harley, even though it was still level after four. Yeah, and um, I, I will I will take this moment to acknowledge this. I think it's something that we all talked about as a team. You know, this is the first round four and, you know, different kind of round three that we have done. But uh, especially in round four, I think that um, there should be a little bit of a tightening up of the questions. Some of them may have been a little bit long, mm-hmm. um, which which if you're somebody who has to think for a second, um, like Kofi Outlaw did, uh, it, it might lead you to not being able to get to all 10 of your questions within that 60 seconds. So that's something that we're doing from a production standpoint. I mean, I definitely understand that. Obviously, we're not an infallible uh, production. There, there's things that we're, I'm noticing every single week. And um Remember also, and I want fans of the FCL to remember this and, and movie trivia showdown fans, everybody who's doing the job that they're doing on this show, it's their first time doing this job ever, right? So we're we're getting to make obviously we have the benefit of the showdown so that we know certain things to avoid, but also we're experiencing certain things for the first time and we're having to learn them as we go. So um, you know, the speed round is something that I definitely want to look at the next time that we go around. It's something that I talked to PLD about and the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sh- I don't know if, if anybody else had pointed that out, but that's definitely something that I noticed uh, post-match and my kind of post-mortem that I do in my head of what went right, what went wrong, what can we improve on. So that's something that I definitely want to do. But you can also tell that Nick Harley watched a speed round or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? He knew what to expect. He was he was locked and ready to go. And um, that's really where, when we got to, uh, was it 26-26, that we said? 26-26, yeah. We got mm-hmm. to 26-26. Obviously, um, it's anybody's ball game now. Mm-hmm. Andrew, re- Harley, really, really strong in round four. Really, you know, grabbed the ball and said, listen, I'm getting back into this. Listen, I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up, Brad, what you mentioned, because I was going to mention it myself. Not as not as a knock. I think it's a fair round. Everybody has the same questions. But I know you, Brad, much like myself, you're a talker. You can get through a few things. You can rattle a few things off if you have to. And it seemed like as we got to the end of the questions, even with Nick Harley answering rapid fire, he's, he's maybe a second of deliberation on every question. You came very close to the end of the time 
right away. And Kofi also struggles a little bit. So I think it's amazing that you're already putting in the effort, putting in the thought about something like that. Maybe just how do we narrow these questions down a tiny bit to give them some more time. I don't think there's anything wrong with the way it worked out, but I'm glad to hear that we're looking at it for the future. And that said, the way they played this round, I love what Nick Harley did here. I don't think he made a lot of mistakes. I think Kofi might have made a mistake. I think the two things that really to look out for, and maybe Nick might be needed to be aware of the first one as well. Number one, don't forget, it seems rude. I wouldn't want to cut off a man with a golden voice like you, Brad, but you can answer before yeah. the question is finished. Please grab that extra couple seconds for your next one. And for Kofi, it's not about a JT in this case. It's about a pass. If you don't know an answer, say pass right away. Let's move on to that next question. And if it comes back up, I will have had an extra 30 seconds to think about it. Don't be afraid. Because if you take three seconds thinking about one question, that could be another point you can't get later. Please, please, please take the pass and try to get back to it. I think it's a much smarter way to play the round. That said, what a performance by both players. Eight points for one, ten for the other. And moving in tied into the championship round. If you wrote it, you couldn't write it better. Steph and Brad sitting there behind the desk going, I want to get home sometime today. This is beautiful. I love it. It's crazy. It was crazy when I saw the score because I didn't, I mean, for uh, for a shoot, I didn't know what the score was after the um, after the rounds. And, you know, thankfully, Dwayne and, and Paul were real quick on, on getting them reporting the scores. We didn't even need to take a time to deliberate. That was what we had time planned to, like, go to a cut scene and then mm -hmm. we'll come back. Uh, they didn't even need that, which was great. And then when I saw 26-26, I'm like, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then and then I will say at that time, and this is this is how confident we were in both of those players' abilities. PLD texts me, says, uh, what we need to prepare for sudden death, right? Yeah. Like, just so you know, we need to start preparing for it. So that was already in the front of my mind as we're getting into the fifth round. <laughs> well, listen, let's let's get through the fifth round. Kofi hits his two, picks our only movie to have four feature films, Toy Story. Harley replies with his two and Oscars, the 11-year-old X-Men actress who won an Oscar, Anna Paquin. Kofi's three, Keanu Reeves, 2008 movie with the alien being here to save the Earth, the day that the Earth stood still. Harley's three, Meryl Streep, Bill Anderson, and Mamma Mia takes the repeat. Stellan Starsgard, we're level at 31 31. Comes back to Kofi's five, M. Night Shyamalan. What appears across the earth as navigation markers for invading aliens? Um, Kofi answers a couple of different variations, and then you push him to give a final answer. Harley, like that, throws out the challenge, wants a specific answer, and you know, you give the points to her to uh, to Kofi. But I think it's a fair challenge from Nick. Sure. But definitely the uh, the benefit of the doubt rule coming coming into to the four there. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we had a you know panel of when we go to these challenges, it's it's five of us in there normally who are addressing it. And um, before I could even state my case or even give a vote, everybody, the other four people in the panel unanimously voted to give uh, Kofi the points. And I think it was the right thing. He obviously knew what he was talking about. You know, I mean, I, I would have said crops. That For me, I would have said crop circles just because that's what I think that they're called. Yeah. Um, but crop signs or signals, it's like it's hard to not say that that's the right answer. I mean, because mm. it is the right answer. So um, I don't know, honestly – if there was a battle in there, like how, you know, it, if like we were split, I don't know which way my vote would have gone. I think that though, at the time, but retrospectively, tw hindsight 2020, he definitely had the right answer. Mm. So, you know, we, we gave him the points. So we come back, five points are given. It's all on Harley. Tom Cruise, he's been nominated for an Oscar three times, names two. He's got 30 seconds in the bank with two JTs, used them, takes his time, really, really thinks it out. 
playing like a pro. It has to be mm -hmm. said. Harley is playing like a pro in the moment. Gives a little bit of character work saying, well, Kofi, I think we're going to sudden death. Fires out Magnolia, born on the 4th of July, 36, 36, and we are not done yet. Andrew, what were your thoughts on round five of this championship fight? I could be quick. I could be easy here, and I could just say, we started tied. We finished tied. Let's move on to the next round. But I want to focus on a man who I haven't said enough about yet, I don't think. Nick Harley. Nick Harley playing like a champion. Use a challenge when there's only one question. What are the odds you're going to have to challenge on your five? He, it was There was a little stumble. There was a little problem. And I'll go on the record right now and say, I think Kofi Outlaw should have had the points. I think he absolutely knew what he was talking about. The call was 100% correct. And yet the use of the challenge is also 100% correct by Nick Harley. The only way this hurts him is if he needs it on his five, take the shot. Who knows? On the right day, maybe Brad and Dwayne and PLD will all decide to go in your favor and you don't have to go to sudden death for so many questions, which is what we're actually going to see. And like you said, Keith, what did he do on his final question? What do I say over and over on every episode of this show? J-T-E. We love you, Josh Tapia. We love the J-T-E rule. He uses them. This is a champion in the making. The stars are lucky to have Nick Harley. And this round right here, more than any other round in the match, shows exactly why. Brad, just out of interest, how many questions did you have in the document for sudden death? Well, thankfully, you know, <laughs> thankfully we had enough. <laughs> I think we were getting close to where I was going to be like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know what we're about to do here. We're going to have to take a pause for the calls. Uh, that's where uh, Brad Gilmore starts improvising back to the future questions. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to just start. OK, uh, uh, what years did Marty McFly? Um, but yeah, I mean, we I didn't know how because you never know with sudden death. You really never know. I mean, no. it could be over literally at any second, any question. And mm. as I'm reading them in my head, uh, I'm going, oh, they're not going to get this. Okay, they got it. They're not going to get this. Oh, they got it. <laughs> like, you know, you know, because again, as Andrew talked about, questions are subjective. So if I don't know the answer, I think that nobody knows the answer, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but Me too. but, but uh, as as we were going through in this in this sixth round, I mean – I was like, man, what what's going to happen? But this is going to sound so crazy. When we got to the final question, which was um, what Steven Spielberg movie does uh, the t opening title start with jump or whatever it is yeah. exactly, something like that. It's so weird, but I could hear Nick Harley write the right answer. Does that sound crazy to you? Like, like, like I could hear it. Like the, the amount of time that he wrote and the pauses in his pin break. I was like, okay, he wrote Ready Player One. I could hear it. And then with Kofi, I, I was like, ooh, I don't think I don't think that he knows. I don't think that he knows this one. And so I had that's when I was like, okay, let me cue the music because I felt it at that moment. I did, I did, I felt it at that moment that that was going to be the one. And uh, that's when you got it, you know, the, and your winner. But I was just impressed. I think Steph was. We we're all like, that is correct. Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> like this is another question. I mean, for the for the game to end, what did it end? Forty seven, forty six. 46, yeah. 47-46. How crazy is that? How nuts? So they went, you know, 11 questions. 
Yeah, so mm-hmm. 30, 36, 36 comes 46, 46 in the blink of an eye. Armageddon, Skyscraper, the, Ro- the Royal Tenenbaums, Robert Williams in Insomnia, A Wrinkle in Time, Buddy Love, uh, movie release dates question, which Kofi hits the repeat <laughs> on, 2000. What's the f- debut of Quentin Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs, which Arrested Development actors in 2014's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Will Arnett. Another nice little bit of character work by Harley as well, making a TV joke. Um, Will Smith, Jaden Smith, father-son combo and how many movies? Two Pursuit of Happiness After Earth, and then finally, question 11 What Spielberg movie opens with the Eddie Van Halen song Jump Ready Player One? And listen, it was all on your voice after that, Brad 4746 to uh, the spoiler. Yeah, man, insane, Andrew. Wasn't that insane? It was absolutely a sight to see. I've been watching the Schmodan since way back in the day. Maybe I missed the first season, first time around, but I went back, I checked out the episode. So I've seen a lot of movie trivia matches. And the truth of the matter is, some of the best players in the game, I'm talking names like Bibiani, I'm talking names like Merle, people who've gone to speed rounds and not gone nearly as deep. I think 10 questions in a speed round is only reserved for the greatest of matches. And this is why this was one of the greatest matches in the history of the FCL and one of the greatest movie trivia matches we've seen all year, not just in the FCL, but in the Schmodown as well. I am incredibly impressed with both of these players. And this is the point where I want to say some nice things about Nick, some mean things about Kofi. But the truth is, Kofi, as much as I've been on your back about this match, as much as I've said you made some mistakes, you played like a champion. But there's only one true champion in the movie trivia world of the FCL. And who is that? Who is it? None other than... Wait a second. Wait a second, Brad. Who is your legal (laughs) representation? Brad, we have to ask. Yeah, so... Are we getting to the post-match stuff, I'm assuming? Yeah. I, think, I, think we're, I think we're ready to discuss it. Because so you've got a number one contender, and you've got a champion, and they need to have a match against each other. And while I would pay good money to see it, I don't know how you're going to pull it off. Yeah. Um. So, Nick Harley, though, I want to say this. Nick Harley officially recognizes the first FCL champion, as he should be. Um, so, yeah, round of applause for Nick Harley. Um, but you know what? He's a bag of monkey crap for what he did after the after the match. Um, when he started talking about like the other superior art form, I was like, what could he possibly be referring to, right? And then um, obviously he said music, especially German pop music. And we see Zafflerdenflaus enter, and he gifts him the championship, which I did check. It's in. The, look, he was able to appoint a successor in the event if he were to win the championship and have to vacate it. He, you know, he was going to pick a successor. I I didn't see it in the thing. I sent it over legal. Legal did what they did. Look, mistakes were made. Again, I said this is our first time doing this job. This is all of our first time doing it. You're going to have issues that arise. So that was an issue. I didn't foresee though the flirt and flouse the number one contender for the championship then becoming the champion himself. Um, that is quite the debut for the Flaus, I gotta say. I mean, Absolutely. you're 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 certainly in a pickle. There's no question about that. But Thanks. if anybody can get out of it, it no question, it's you as well. No, I, I, you see, know, I, see. I don't know. I don't know what we do. You know, the, the, I mean, look. Obviously, right now, the, I mean, Zafort and Flaus, he can't be the number one contender and the champion. So, I mean, he's the champion. 
but he did earn that number one contender status. So it's going to have to get worked out. You know, he's again, he's got a great agent. So I'm going to be making some phone calls over the next couple of days and weeks trying to come to a bottom of this. And I will say I've put in the calls to uh, Christian Harloff, the MTS, uh, Skybound Legal. I'm trying to figure out if because I'll, I'll announce it on Tuesday. I can't give it away now, but I'm trying to to. I'm trying to make a match. I'll just say this. I'm trying to make the title match, the next title match, as soon as possible. And I have at least a vision. I can say this. What? Who the hell cares? I want to see Kofi Outlaw versus the Flirt and Flouse instantly. And I'm talking about within the next 10 days, I'd like to see that happen. We'll see if I can pull it off. Well, first day on the Flirt and Flesh's North American tour officially underway as the FCL champion. I personally, Brad, am so thrilled that you didn't read the fine print because, of course, we love the flowers. I love the flowers. Hell, even Steph loves the flowers. She may not like Gemini's like me, but men like the flowers really fire her up. That's right. She gets going when she sees the flowers arrive. So Steph's happy. I'm happy. And with a title match this out of control. 11 questions deep in sudden death. So near perfect for both of them. Great strategy. A few misses here and there. But ultimately, this is the kind of matchup that we wanted. FCL 12 in the books as one of the greatest shows this year in online movie trivia. I'm saying that right now. I know you agree with me. And Brad, you put it all together and you ended up with just some brilliant, brilliant performances. So kudos to you and to Zaflirt and Flaus. Welcome, champion. I salute you. Can't wait to see you defended against Kofi Outlaw, who would be absolutely a great choice to face off against. And the way he played in this matchup, he does deserve a rematch. I will go as far as to say that. I mean, I think that he does. You know, again, <laughs> I have a lot of hoops to jump through right now <laughs> because I don't have an official number one contender. Uh, well, I do. His name's the Furt and Flaus, and he's also the champion. So I have to figure I have to figure a lot out. Let me ask you all, though, when the reveal came that we saw the Flirt and Flaus is now the champion, I mean, what was going through your head? I mean, it, I, I think it's a brilliant... I, I said last week, Brad, that, that you know you have a great eye for product and marketing and you know exactly how to get this to the masses. And it's a beautiful move. If, and if anything, Harley's actually helped you open up a European audience to the FCL by having the Flouse sure. as the champion. So maybe, you know, maybe there's something in this. Could be. Well, I don't know, Keith. I, I had a different thought when this all went down. I mean, first... There was unmitigated glee, you know, that childlike joy that only happens when you get like chocolate cake for your sixth birthday or the Zafertin Flaus becomes the title holder. These are the kind of things that really make you happy deep down inside. But my second thought, the one that loomed large over everything was, boy, the rest of the league's going to lose their minds. <laughs> and I've been on Twitter and damn if I wasn't right about that. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Brad, yeah. you've been yeah. getting it from all ends. Every single person I've seen in the FCL, it's like Nick Harley went to all of their own homes, said he was doing it just to piss them off, and then smacked them in the face. Yeah, he did a really good job about that. Thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, there's a lot. there's a lot to mitigate here. There's a lot to mitigate here. There's a lot to go through with Flaus being the champion. But, however... When you want to talk about moments that nobody saw coming, <laughs> the flirt and flouse walking out of FCL 12 as the FCL champion, the second in history. Who would have thought we'd seen two champions in one night? Nobody. Let alone the flouse as the champion. Nobody would have seen that coming. Uh, at least this early, me won a number one contender match. We thought that he, we'd see him in a title match, but not being handed the title. So 
a lot to work out and you know what people might be upset and perturbed but don't worry i'm going to do my absolute best to rectify the situation as it were but until then we do have to officially recognize the flirt and flouse as the fcl champion and i think listen on that note let's uh let's close the book on fcl 12 and take a look at what's going to happen next week in the fcl and maybe into the future brad yeah Sorry, sorry, Brad, I cut you off just as you were saying something. My apologies. You know, uh, Keith, I thought that we were actually, you know, getting a Good nice rapport. Good vibe. I see what you're talking about, Andrew. I, I, uh, I know. It's, it's, that, text it's makes, that text you sent me makes so much sense now. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, coming up next, we have something really cool in the FCL. But first, I'll talk about what we're going to see this Tuesday, main event style. Main event style, we're going to see Sinister James Shimo competing in his third FCL match, and he's taking on the survivor, David Jindoyan, a uh, match that we were supposed to see originally, initially, before the Sinister Syndicate did what they did and and uh, made sure that uh, David Jindoyan couldn't compete for whatever reason. We were, you know, we were supposed to see him. He didn't compete. Now we're going to see him versus Shimo, the guy who took credit for whatever happened to David that day. He took credit for it. So that's going to be our main event. And what we're doing in our undercard for this week is something really interesting. Um, these are going to be two competitors who have not competed anywhere in movie trivia, in the movie trivia showdown, or wasn't on the draft list or anything. They definitely have trivia background, but they're going to be playing. There's a stipulation to this match. They're going to be playing for an FCL contract. They're going to be playing for an FCL contract, so the winner will be officially signed to the FCL, and that is going to see the Flying Cow taking on Brennan, Brennan Marr. Brennan Marr versus the Flying Cow. The winner will get an FCL contract. The loser you will never, ever, ever see again. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, yeah. big so stakes tough, and... Tough stuff. Geez. Tough stuff. Way to, way, way to make a debut. Look, you want a shot? Yeah, I feel like Dana White. So you want to be a fighter? Right? <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. You got to win a match, right? So uh, that's going to be coming up on FCL 13. And then um, as we get into July, we're going to be having some really fun matches. Um, and Star Wars is going to be going down. And I'm going to go ahead and, and go out on a limb because this hasn't been announced, but I'm going to announce it anyway. Um, July the 6th, Sonny Mike Olsen will make his debut in the Star Wars division, taking on Matthew Reed. Matthew Reed, we saw... Uh, right. Obviously, against Ross from nowhere. Um, and now, Matthew Reed versus Sonny Mike Olsen in Star Wars. And um, there might, there, there's going to be uh, a, an announcement made in the next few weeks in regards to Star Wars and the future of that division. We're also looking in July, late July, to start the Inner Geekdom play Ooh. in the FCL. Um, and that'll, that'll go on hopefully into August and, you know, through the end of the year. So, all three of those divisions will be there. Again, I don't think I'm going to be playing with teams this season. I think this is just, just probably too much right mm -hmm. now. And and I don't think we have enough manpower. And when I say manpower, people power, I should say. We don't have enough people power as of yet to go into full teams. But that's going to be something I'll look at for season two of the FCL. But as far as that, um, that's kind of what we have going forward. 
I mean, you heard it here first, fans of the FCL. Look at all this breaking news that we always bring you right here on this week in the FCL. Brad Gilmore giving you some exciting matches, and I love everything that I am hearing. Number one, you've got some rookies coming in. We love a new talent. We love a new face, but wow, those might be the biggest stakes on any FCL card yet. Yes, there's titles, but a contract with the FCL. Loser, get out of town, never to be seen again. Loser leaves town, Matt Shays, from back in the days of old school wrestling. I love that. Hell. Star Wars, always exciting matchups with people going toe-to-toe -to -toe and showing just how deep knowledge can go. And I'm an inner geekdom stand. Brad, I love it. I want to see some more geeky stuff happening, so that's exciting news for me as well. Keith, I could not be more thrilled to hear about all these matchups coming up. Definitely. And just again, thanks, Brad, for uh, breaking that little scoop on on the show. I'm really, really excited to bookend. <laughs> yes, I'm really excited also for next week to bookend the uh, the Shimo and Jindoyan a little storyline that we've had because these guys have been going back and forth on one another. And there's probably a little bit of bad blood between them uh, for everything that All went right. through. And um, listen, let's see if any of uh, Shimo's cronies in the Sinister Society pop out and, and play next week as well. Uh, and they, they haven't gotten back to me, Brad, yet. I sent in my application uh, like three weeks ago. Can you just let Shimo know? Oh, you, you applied for the syndicate? Oh, I mean, it seems like a cool group of people. It seems like a solid group. Solid oh, yeah. group. Um, Great guys. Yeah, we'll, really see. Take care. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that match. You know what? Jay, David Jindoyan, with one of like the most exciting comeback matches uh, so far this year, mm -hmm. really living up to his name of, of the survivor when he looked like he was down and out against uh, Rick Hong. Um, so, and James Shimo, somebody who took an L or took a W and then an L, or did he win his first match and then lose oh, the second? I think, I think he lost and then won. Probably. Lost, then won. Yeah, he lost, then won. I mean, all in the same day. So, again, you never know what's going to happen in the FCL in the first class league, let alone two champions in one night, two matches in one night, playing to get into the matches, get into the league, you know, all kinds of great stuff that we're doing. And you know what? I want to give a big shout out to. You know, Christian and everybody who's allowing us literally complete autonomy to do whatever we want in the first class league. Um, and, you know, shout out to the team, Dwayne, Jacob Patrick, who does all the graphics, Dwayne Burke, who produces the show. If anybody, let me say this, if anybody has any issue with anything technologically speaking that goes on in the FCL, um, you can come get this smoke because I'm ready to give it to you because Dwayne Burke is an absolute genius master who's able to pull off this thing, one-man crew, one-man band style, every single week, and does it with the greatest of ease. And uh, I don't know if there's anybody complaining about it, but but if anyone is, like literally, you can kiss my posterior uh, because that man is, again, like if, if, if I were to attribute organs to, uh, <laughs> to the uh, team, right? I, I mean, Dwayne is like the lungs. We couldn't breathe without Dwayne, right? We need Dwayne, right? Paul PLD is like, you know, the spleen. Like, I know it has a purpose. I'm not sure what the purpose is, but I know that I need it to survive, right? Like, I, I for sure know that. Um, and, 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 and so I always got to give love to Dwayne, especially overall because of what he does. And, you know, Steph Sabraw, the SS Sabraw, which I got to start calling her. That's so funny. Um, the SS Sabraw, who kills it on the personality standpoint. I had so much fun at the Scum and Villainy Cantina with Steve uh, that day. We really enjoyed it. That was, again, our first meeting of, of, of one another. And, boy, was it was it a fun time to get to know her a little bit more the float was in the building 
uh, was my fiance, right? The boat and the float were in the building. Roxy Stryer was in the building for that. Alex Marzonia. We had some luminaries there, but it was a really, really fun occasion in the Scum of Villainy Cantina. Shout out to FCL competitor J.C. Reifenberg for making that happen. It was an amazing live show. And as you said, Brad, you've got so much going on in the FCL. We've got some exclusives coming your way. We've got the chemistry between Brad and Steph growing every single day. And now she's got some new nicknames, thanks to one of our very own right here. Brad Gilmore is a prince online. He's a wrestling luminary. He's doing podcasting. He's hosting shows. He's the commish in our hearts and in real life for the FCL. We want to thank Brad for joining us here. I think Keith, it's just about time. We're going to tell everybody where we can find everybody. So let me do it and you do it. We'll get it out of the way. And then we'll say some nice things about Brad. And he can tell everybody where he's working nowadays. <laughs> I am the Elk. You can find me online at Kelk Andrew on Twitter. Of course, I'm always here on This Week in the FCL, breaking it down. And you can check out some of my previous work on the movie trivia face off a of fan league for the Schmodown. Keith. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kekelduff Media and also check out the Opening Pair YouTube channel. Last week we broke down the Ireland Cricket Series between ourselves and the Netherlands and looking forward a couple of weeks time we will be breaking and previewing UFC 264 Poirier v McGregor 3 and I cannot wait to talk about that. Brad, the floor is yours. Whatever you want to say, fire away. Yeah, yeah, just a couple quick plugs. Check out the Schmodown Rundown with me and Frank Janish every Thursday on the uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown channel. Check out FCL. Obviously, by the way, our matches will be moving to the Movie Trivia Schmodown channel, uh, not Schmodown Extras on YouTube, so be sure that you check that out. You can check out um, Booker T and myself on our Reality Wrestling channel and on ESPN Radio. Uh, yeah, yeah, and go uh, whatever else. Go find me on Twitter, at Brad Gilmore, and then you can see all the other stuff that I have going on. But I appreciate uh, voices like yours, Andrew and Keith and everybody else, Ryan, Chris, um, you know, having a show that covers what we do and um, on a weekly basis with so much passion, entertainment and reaching out to the uh, competitors, letting them kind of show another side of themselves that they're not able to show within the two hour window that we have them for at Skype. Um, it's really great. It's helped grow the league and it's helped raise awareness for the league and it's helped the league become a better place. So I appreciate this week in the FCL. Such kind words from an absolutely wonderful guest. Once again, from myself, from Keith, from Chris and Ryan, who could not unfortunately be here today, our effusive and everlasting thanks to you, Brad Gilmore, a man so talented, he even did the most difficult thing in the world. He agreed, he got a woman to agree to stay with him for a long period of time. I don't know how it happens. I personally have never had the success. But with that, we're going to get on out of here. Don't forget to check us out. Hit like, share, subscribe. Check out the FCL, the Schmodown, everybody else in the movie Triviaverse for a whole lot more great entertainment out there. And we'll see you all when you come back next week on This Week in the FCL.